Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mmm, 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 mmm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. Yeah. Also, like, I don't know how you guys feel about this. The fact that it's March is like legitimately fucking up. Yeah, it's like we're like far through 2020 already. Is it because like Japanese class starts in a month? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, I, that's I mean, it's, just, it's just great because it's yeah. less than two weeks for Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I was just talking to Harry about that's, yeah. that's That's going to be my first Animal Crossing game, so I'm yeah. really excited to get into it. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And thank you very much for listening to Try Love, a literal... Uh, Wow. Shit, we're at a new table. Um, a literal oblong table pod, literal round table podcast where we talk about movies that we saw and people we met at the Trilon Cinema in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You can find them on uh, Twitter at Trilon Cinema. You can find us on Twitter at Trilove Podcast. And you can find me, Jason Daphnis, on Twitter at Nintendoofus. Wow. Haven't lost a step. One of your finest intros. Thank you. Honestly. Uh, we're going, in so much as we can go clockwise, we're going clockwise. Hello, I'm uh, Aaron Grossman. Oh. Oh, fuck. Well, we used to do it this way at the old table. That's fine. Yeah, I'm Aaron Grossman. Grossman. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at RBPlease. Excited to be in this new space. Mm -hmm. I'm Cody Narvison. You can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. I'm also excited to be in the new space. Introduce our guest. Uh, And we got a a special guest here today uh, returning. Oh, Aaron, you put that chair right on my fucking foot. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I'm, uh, it's, uh, I'm painfully excited uh, to have Dan Nagan We're back We're working out the kinks. Yes, this is Dan Nagan. Dan Sorry. Nagan's back in the studio, and Woo! I'm thrilled that I get to break this space in. The kinkiest of them all. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, what is it, a Dabber Dan Man? I, I don't know why Dan I look Dan at Dan you as a right. No, that's right. Yeah, uh, follow Dan on Twitter. Thanks. And and regular co-host. Yeah, I'm Harry. I'm back. I'm in the new space. My feet are both fine. Thank you. Out. Mm-hmm. Gross. Kinky. Are you excited to be here? Uh, I'm at like an eight. Eight okay. excitement. That's, That's a high. It's really good. That's, That's pretty good. Excitement. That's pretty exciting. Wrong, you say that as good. I'm at a seven, and I was. See, I feel like yeah. I expressed. I was there better. when you made your love of your life, and you were like, "It's a six-five. <laughs> mm. That's right. Uh, so you will recognize a little bit of sound quality differences. We're in a new space. I got a new job, and we moved into a new podcast room. It's a little roomy, but uh, a lot roomier, a lot more space that we've got. Uh, <laughs> despite crushing Cody's feet underneath chair legs, uh, we will iron out some kinks, like we said, and. Uh, you don't iron out kinks. You you work out kinks, right? I think you can iron out. You kinks. can iron out wrinkles. I've never tried to iron out a kink, but the metaphor is still. I think it would present. melt the host. That sounds right? like a kink. Yeah, <laughs> ironing out kinks. Well, thank you for listening to, to Trial of. Thank you very much. We're having a lot of fun to, with that. Will 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 Aaron give me a classic uh, Aaron Grossman well, we summary set up the about movie about the movie? Yeah, I'll just do all of it. Yeah, we're talking about uh, we're talking about Face Off. This is a John Woo film, 1997. Uh, before I do the summary, we're going to have some trivia here. Cody, you didn't look at this. Nope. Uh, it was nominated oh. for an Academy Award for sound Hell effects yeah, editing. <laughs> 1997. <laughs> Does anybody know what it lost to? Uh, 1997. Sound editing. editing. Crash. No, what? Crash was like... Shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? Uh, let me think. Schindler's big list. movie. Schindler's List. No. Big, big movie. It's a big movie? Big movie. How big? 
The biggest. Oh, the biggest. Uh, oh, Titanic. 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 Yeah, yes. Titanic. Oh, nominated. Titanic. Uh, only three movies nominated. Nominated along with uh, The Fifth Element. Wow. Uh, but yeah, Lost Titanic. Lost which is, wait, so if we, do, if we do Titanic, we'll have done all of the... 1997. No, but this is, yeah, John Woo film, 1997, starring John Travolta as FBI agent Sean Archer, uh, and co-starring uh, alongside John Travolta as Nick Cage as Caster Troy. Um, so Archer and Troy, they're, they're sworn enemies. Uh, Caster Troy having killed Archer's uh, young son during a botched assassination attempt. No, please, you're pulling out the watches. Six years later, uh, Archer manages to catch Caster and his brother Pollux, who's played by Alessandro Nicola. Um, and Caster is sent into a coma during the, the fight that uh, ensues, but not before revealing that he has planted a bomb somewhere in the city. Um, what is Sean the name Archer, of the bomb again? Do we remember the name of the bomb? No, uh, I'm not done. Sean Archer agrees to go <laughs> along with a wild plot to infiltrate this supermax crazy uh, military prison. Uh, while swapping his face with Caster's face, like put, well, doing a surgical I think the deal procedure, is that they take his face off. Oh, off. off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he swaps faces and does a bunch of plastic surgery and pretends to be uh, Caster uh, in order to infiltrate this prison and get the information about where is the bomb from Pollux. Who, a role, a role that uh, yeah. Sean Archer doth protest too much about for the aplomb with which he takes to the role shortly after taking it up, which sort of. He doesn't want to swap faces, but then, first, he, he, then he's like, it seems. swap face. Yeah. Um, that's the that's the summary. I get. This is a, a lot of shit happens in this movie. Yes. It's a long movie. It's about two hours fifteen minutes, I believe. It's like classic John Woo, where like you think that there, there's like a setup, and you think that that setup is going to be the movie, and then you realize the movie's two hours and fifteen minutes long, <laughs> and just a ton of shit happens that you like you could not imagine the places that this movie goes. Dan yeah. and I were talking about it beforehand. The supermax prison that features magnet boots. Is in act of this movie, and then you think that's going to be like you all think the that way would up be to the, the movie. Yeah. heavens but, no! They leave that. I mean, they they spend a lot of time there, right? Yeah. Of course, you get like five scenes there, and it's like, guys, yeah. come on. Well, the the only thing that like really rang to me when I was watching this movie was like how quickly it disposes of that whole central plot device of mm-hmm. we got to stop the bomb because mm-hmm. then the twist is that uh, Troy in Archer's body. Stops the bomb, gets the uh, gratification and, and hero status. Appears on TV and says, "The shark interception." Now our side's got it. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines in the entire movie. <laughs> uh, which sort of like cuts a lot of the tension there, and then the rest of the tension is just built on this rivalry between these two characters, which like again is just the plot, yep. right? Uh, but centralized in a way that it had not been up to that point. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting, get, right? By the way, you can get the, a, uh, you can get closer. I can like, get closer. You can be like step on six, Cody's foot six again. to eight inches. We're all crowded. Take around, this man's so other foot out. Um, so, so the thing with the movie, right, is that that just in case somebody's listening to this and, ha- and hasn't watched it, the thing is that you know John Travolta swaps faces with Nick Cage, so Nick Cage is playing John Travolta, and then the bad guy Caster Troy wakes up and then face swaps. John Travolta's face on Nick Cage. So they are kind of like acting as each other and the film very quickly does away with the whole bomb plot and basically just says, let's get these two characters just fucking yeah. with each well, other. Just right. running through each other's and, lives. And the idea is that Caster Troy, Nicolas Cage's original yep. character, is the world's most ridiculous and dastardly criminal. Which is yep. a perfect... Because like both of these characters are very much just... It's just Nicolas Cage, and it's just John Travolta, right? right? Like, the super serious detective and the really harebrained, wild-ass criminal. And it's perfect because they, like, in those first 15 minutes before the plot really kicks into, hey, let's swap faces, uh, 
like they are set so starkly against each other that you cannot imagine a world in which they don't do exactly what they're going to do yeah. and like force John Travolta to be super like weird and flamboyant. <laughs> you force Nick Cage to be super subdued and like uh, or interest- not, interestingly yeah. subdued, right? Because like the thing about John Travolta is that he is set up to be the hard boiled, uh, like put upon and and brooding detective. Uh, who's like a workaholic and who's yeah. traumatized and haunted by the death of he's his Batman. son. Yeah. He's Batman, who ca- whom Castro Troy killed while, while having a little mustache. Uh, do you remember that? <laughs> it was yeah, Nick Cage has a great mustache. It's a great mustache. mustache. It's, all, it's very fun. Um, but, but the thing about it is that Sean Archer is also played by John Travolta, so he's not really brooding so much as he's like... John Travolta. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like they are just like... They are who, were, who they were established like as celebrities, as actors... To this point, right? Because Nicolas Cage it, was known just, for over-the-top like, performances. Like, there's, there's the, what the movie is on the page, mm-hmm. right? Which is, like, this this evil criminal mastermind and this brooding detective switching sides. And then there's the movie in action, which is a completely different proposition than what mm-hmm. you would expect. Even if you read the script, because of how goddamn insane both of these actors are. And, like, I admit, probably the thing about this movie that you should know is that it's fucking insane. This yeah. movie is, like, wild. Yeah. Uh, in a, in that makes it like much better than even we're describing it. And this is a movie wherein like like the the central plot construction again is that uh, John Travolta John Travolta gets his face cut off. He, he, they take his, his face. His face is off. off. Yeah. Off. Uh, Dan, what do you think about the casting in this movie? As far as those those two, two main characters, it's spotless. Like it, <laughs> I can't imagine anyone else doing yeah. this. Like who is it that they were originally trying to get for this? Like I think uh, I saw Schwarzenegger's name like Schwarzenegger and Stallone. and Stallone, right? Yes. That's wild. that'd be insane. Man. It would be that, that would, would be much worse. I, I think it yes. would work, right? But because they're both the same. They're both the same character. Right? They both yeah. do the same yes. thing. Like yeah. they would they would switch faces and their character. They would be doing the same thing. Yeah, they had Sly as Sean Archer and Schwarzenegger as Castro Troy. So Could you imagine that? No. It would not work in any way. But like the the two of these are do the choices that they choose. Like the decisions put into play are are so baffling. Yes. This is a they let they let Nick out of out of the cage. This is an uncaged. <laughs> this is an uncaged performance. Nick's uncaged. But the best part is that Nicolas Cage isn't doing that performance most of the time. He just sets the pace for John Travolta to then pick it up, yeah. and it's insane. There's and a he, sorry. Uh, no, I was just gonna say any time that like because this is a long movie, but any time that I start to like lose attention. I just have to remember, like, wait, Nicolas Cage is trying to do what he thinks John Travolta would be yeah. doing in this mm-hmm. scene. Right. <laughs> and I'm right back in. Until he it's doesn't, captivated. though, right? Because there's, there's, a, there's, like, the really wonderful scene where John Travolta's character, who is now Nick Cage, infiltrates the prison, and he realizes that his brother is, uh, his, his air quotes here, brother, his is, brother like, maybe, maybe like onto him. Yeah, boy. his brother Pollux is, like, maybe onto the fact that, that he's not who he seems. So he's like... Oh, I need to act like Nick Cage's character. So Nick Cage, as an actor, needs to. Oh, I'm going to act like Nick Cage. Yeah, we get to see him you slowly see come Cage out of the cage. Do this yeah. meta it's commentary insane. on his own performance. It's so baffling. I love it though. Yeah. It's like it's like you said. Uh, Dan had a really good line about this before it started, which is that like. It's, it seems absurd to say this. Nick Cage is giving a very layered performance here. Like a, it's like a, great. It's great. a kind of genius layered yes. performance, right? Because it's like it's like a meta commentary on who Nick Cage the person is. <laughs> is it too far to say that this, is it? It's kind of Shakespearean. This movie is kind of Shakespearean. <laughs> is I don't think that's far fetched at all. It's, like, I think it's, that's it's not it's far totally enough. 
No. About identity and returning oh, yes. back to this your life and as a changed man. Well, and, and the idea it's, of like yes. that, that these men, these two men are not so different. Yes. And, and as they assume each other's roles, it turns out that, that the playing of a role like has within which passeth show to use that to murder that Shakespeare uh, <laughs> Hamlet quote but like like it right that's the idea is that there's like an Igman Bergman's uh, Igmar Bergman's persona happening where like they're becoming yeah. each other they like do a bunch of shit with mirrors and stuff in this fight yes. and like they're learning about each other they're like learning where they came from mm-hmm. and why they act the way that they do and how they've had such an undue influence on each other's lives this is also a pretty like these these characters are more adversarial because Castor Troy is, is beyond redemption, but it's still a pretty gay movie in terms of like these are two men who are like obsessed with each other. Yeah, uh, is this? I feel like the Odyssey comparison is also right. Like Sean Archer goes on a journey, he's away for a long time, he returns as a changed man to his Penelope, he finds some other dude in his house trying to bang his <laughs> wife, he fucking goes ham on him. I'm hey. just saying, it, it, the, this is a classic. Capital L literature movie, uh, five capital, stars. Capital C, capital L. Yes. A gentleman says five stars. This is literature. <laughs> yes. Uh, Cody, what literary references did you derive from this? Uh, why would you ask me that question? <laughs> just say it's kind of like Harry Potter. Polyjuice uh, potion. It's just like Harry Potter. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, they change oh, height. Almighty. They change the entire body structure. Like, we and, should and not. We should huge not, physicality so, differences. Yeah. So, as well. so, so, my frame of reference for this movie was my mom told me that she was watching it one uh, when I was a kid and I was asleep and it was on TBS or whatever. And right at the scene where they pull off John Travolta's face, which is kind of gruesome, kind of it is. kind of yeah. scary in the right in the right scenario, a bat flew through the room. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> scared the shit out of her. Literal and that's bat. when I woke up. Was like when my mom was like. Waking the whole house up trying to get people. Oh, I thought home. you were going to say something awoke in you that is yet <laughs> that is that is yet to go back to bed since, I since that really fateful like, day. Uh, but so I didn't like know the and I never saw this movie myself. I just like that's the only when people talk about Face Off, that's the story I tell. So I didn't know like how they reconcile the idea of making John Travolta look like Nick Cage or Nick Cage look like John Travolta. They do not. It turns out they barely do, right? No, like, they, they like, really. I thought, I thought it, they would it's have all like voiceover, literally. Lines. I thought that they would have like scars for like no. you know at least makeup. It's, as soon as they leave the hospital, it's literally just the natural bodies of John Travolta and Nick Cage. They don't try just, to like, hide minds it. Right. And they do like a whole Fifth Element thing where like they try to show the surgery and, and how advanced the surgery is. But like at, at a certain point, you still see the like the like rubbery like blah, 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 not like face. look of their oh. faces with the eyeballs removed oh, yes. and so it's just like yep that's what a face is if you put that on you would look just like them it was oddly like face of another which another movie we just saw but like it was just like that guys that ain't how faces work <laughs> i think that might be how faces like dude you remove that scam I could be cast yeah. Troy right now. How would you be. know? The whole concept of the face of another, though, if we can just diverge, is that like that's not how faces work. Is that there's underlying like bone and muscle structure right. that, of course, they account for in Face Off by saying like we'll edit that too. We'll like three D print your bones, right, and fix it. Like later. the thing is that they put the face onto like a plaster mold. So the exterior of it that's facing out to everyone is sh- modeled after what their face right, is supposed right, to be yeah. in the interior of your face. And still somehow connects nerves. Still right. somehow like respires normally. It's the nuttiest they, thing. They, I mean, they never bother. They never bother to reconcile with the fact that John Travolta weighs sixty pounds more than <laughs> Nicolas Cage. Easy. They do. They, they do. do. They do Wait, say. Do. They say like, oh, we can do some liposuction oh, surgery. Right, it's yeah. like a very they get rid of the love some handles, of those love handles yeah. because also, Cage is in great shape. But it doesn't explain how Cage then. Looks like John Travolta. 
I well, mean, he had to reverse just pump it back. We know what happened, so they they uh, obviously they still had the belly fat, so they just pumped it in. That's they, they ludicrous. Just went, they just went back to the adipose balls Wait, and just hold like, on. <laughs> Aaron, you, the, you're seeing something ludicrous. in this movie is ludicrous. Look, uh, <laughs> in 2020, there are uh, very obvious, you know, in our real life, there are very obvious limitations on plastic surgery and how much you can change your features. And Face Off posits, what if there wasn't? Face what Off there is weren't not any set of those? in our I, world. I would simply take his There's face. a Supermax <laughs> yes. prison with magnet Fa- boots. Face Off is just like, yeah, just just put the we, skin on the skin. It's we fine. Should, we What's should also problem? set up that, like, as, in as much as this movie tries to, um, like, reconcile with the fact that they're doing this absurd thing of switching John Travolta and Nicolas Cage without much fanfare, that's also about how much the plot itself cares about setting this no. up. I mean, like, yeah. like to set this up, uh, we talked about it briefly, but we should reiterate. Um, this is a movie in which Caster Troy's evil brother is sent to Supermax prison. He won't talk to anybody, and interrogation will not work on him, so they're at their wit's end trying to find this bomb. They decide that the best and only way that they could get him to talk is to make like his, whom they think is in a coma brother, came back to life and was sent to the same prison and is going to talk to his brother to learn about where the bomb is. The way that they do that is by having Sean Archer, John Travolta's character, literally face swap in order to put him in that prison. Well, he's the only person who knows he's everything. The he's yeah. the only one because who could do because it. Because he's been after Caster Troy for so long. It's for they're for basic, killing his son. He knows yeah. everything about What drives him. me insane, though, is that as soon as he goes in there, he can't do it. Like, he's so bad at being he Caster Troy. Up. He totally chokes. He fucks up at every turn. Like, the plan goes downhill so immediately that he can't, he can't pull it together. And it's just like, what is he doing? Like, as soon as he has a chance to drop the act, he does. And it's like... Yeah. It's like, what, why? Like, like, put a pin in this until the bomb is diffused. Like, until you've completed your mission, just stick with it, man. You've known this guy for 25 it's years. It's so good, though. His, his version of brooding is still Nick Cage, where he, like, he goes into the prison cell, and he, like, sees his reflection in, in a mirror, and he's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> He just hates it, because that's his, that's his worst enemy, and now he sees but himself. Also, man who he killed is. his son. Shakespearean. It's Shakespearean. Honestly. Uh, the the weird part because uh, Pollux, Castor's brother, uh, obviously, you know, he, he suspects something is up, and so he, he asks him, uh, like, "Oh, they they don't have my medication here in the prison. What medication was that again, Castor?" It's, it's like a test. It's, so it's like, funny. why didn't you just ask him, like? Hey, what was our address growing up? What, what's my phone number? Well, because yeah, fucking like, Sean Archer would know that. Shit, what was man. the last thing that you said to me before we crashed the just plane like, into that yeah. that warehouse? Hey, you know that one memory that no one else would know that brothers have? You know what I mean? Why don't I just ask you about that? Like, that's no, like let's, let me ask you on my medical office. record. What did you say to that stewardess? Come up with as as brothers, right? If your brothers in crime, that's the first thing you come up with. Is what is the secret memory that Nick would know? If if like you had to prove to Nick. You're you're trying to see if I am face swapped and I'm not. Every going to good set of nice try, has dude. The, yeah. has the real We're gonna get this Don't worry. Every good I'm set worried of now that Aaron is face swapped. I might be looking at. Have you seen Nick recently? <laughs> I haven't, and he hasn't What's been online. This What's you've seen me drinking a lot of Nas recently. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Nick. Uh, Shout out brother. to Nick. Yeah, he'll be he'll be on the pod. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's funny to say the headline because we've been talking about this movie for a while, but like the thing about this movie that I love is that, uh, Nicolas Cage is absolutely unironically one of my favorite actors. Uh, one of yep. my favorite actors Same. to watch, one of my favorite actors. To I don't trust watch. someone that doesn't like Nick Cage. This might it, be yeah. my favorite Nicolas Cage performance. Wow. Really? Like, it's up there. It's up there. It's like uh, top. The dude is, is. I mean, it's top tier. He's out of the cage, dude. Is he bad lieutenant? <laughs> yeah. Bad lieutenant. Good. 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 Good.
<laughs> Nicholas Cage in his introductory sequence, he puts the bomb in the LA Convention Center. For some reason, because this is a John Woo movie, there are a bunch of nuns singing in the LA Convention Center at, at that day. Yeah. So How, immediately after What's the time that he sets for that bomb? I, yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's like thirty days. days. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a long time. It's like he goes down there hours. in full like like uh, priest's habit. Yeah. Starts headbanging like he's in an, at an Iron Maiden concert, and then like starts like dry humping one of the nuns. Meanwhile, his like his tongue is lolling out. His eyes are rolled he back in his head. To the they're, they are doing the Hallelujah chorus, right? Yeah. And he starts singing along, completely out of tune, completely <laughs> just like not fitting at all. And yes, he's doing a headbang that's like. Literally like hair metal thrashing, yes. but he squats down super low to do it, that so it, it looks like he's about to start That twerking. is among the most restrained of his scenes. <laughs> Somehow, even when he's he's Sean Archer ostensibly, he's still doing Sean Archer to the like Nicholas Cage ist. So like if you're a Nicholas, if you're a Cage man, if you're a if you're a Cage aficionado, uh, this is like a, a movie for you. The right? the, be- the best Cage moment was when he wakes up out of the surgery and he, he looks in the mirror for the first time and he realizes what he's turned into his worst enemy and he just goes fuck you fuck, <laughs> fuck you, you fuck you <laughs> and he just he's people after restraining him with arms behind his back and. Amazing overacting. Yes. Some of the yeah. best. I think uh, anybody listening to this doubting Nicolas Cage's range, do what I did. Uh, I rewatched Face Off, and then like within a couple of days, I watched Moonstruck for the first time. <laughs> One of my favorite Holy movies shit, dude. of all time. It's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, somehow, a great movie demonstrates range very well, but also a very out-of-the-cage performance. Yeah. <laughs> he can have range while still being out the cage. Yeah. Um, I, will I say, mean, when he's out of yeah. the cage, he's got no walls. Right, exactly. <laughs> he can go anywhere he wants. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Uh, the uncagedness landed differently with me. Like, the first time I watched it, I was by myself in my yeah. apartment. Uh, man, oh man, is this a trying movie to watch by yourself. Uh, it really, truly does feel like three hours. Watching mm-hmm. this at the trial was great. Um, people applauded uh, at... I- I applauded. Goofy-ass moment, Dan, <laughs> and many of us applauded. It was one of the, I think it was the rowdiest show I've ever seen. Easily. Yeah. Easily Unknowingly, yes. I think that I was at the same screening with everyone else, and I was in the back of the theater fully applauding and standing. <laughs> yeah. what, uh, what better, like, some people really hate the audience participation during a film. I, depending on the film, I'm, like, usually down with it. What better audience participation movie than this? Like, the other John, like, Hard Target, uh, The Killer, those are, like, great, but I, something about this movie... The hamminess of it is just so perfect for that. Yeah, we should also say that like this is a movie that, despite maybe John Woo's intentions, that would be a fascinating conversation to have. But this is a movie that dispenses with the earnest sort of like bleeding heart at the core of John Woo. Right. Uh, or like it's I, not I think a drama. It, I I think it kind of wants to be, but it doesn't yeah. operate on that mm-hmm. level. Like I love the killer for how yeah. over the top it is, but I also love it as a story uh, and as like a drama. Yeah. Uh, I don't love this as a drama, right? Like I just no. think it's one of the most hilarious, like good bad movies I've ever seen. I, I think I like some of those elements. Sure, maybe. I feel like it started as a drama and then John Woo just had no restraints with any of the mm-hmm. big moments he wanted to do. And then it just became about that. Uh, my theory, yeah. I, I have nothing to back this up. I'm sure there's a bunch of interviews that would contradict this. But my theory is that he wanted, specifically the ending, which I guess, I don't mean to it's just a spoiler like jump. Cast. Yeah, it. sure, spoiler cast. But like the ending of this movie, without even talking about like the actual narrative moments, the ending of this movie is like a very happy ending. Uh, and like, <laughs> I right don't before, think it's happy. <laughs> right before, well, it is. it, is, it wraps up cleanly, right? <laughs> um, it Before that, though, there is like a bit... Right at the end, where you can see, like, 
it going in like a killer esque direction where like uh, uh, you know Nick Cage. John Travolta, John Travolta as Nick Cage uh, has his face like kind of damaged, and you can see like, oh, the ending is going to be he has to go back to his family, unable to face swap back to his old face, and it's going to be this like really deep, like really depressing, like again, the end of the killer esque moment where like his identity is changed because of some deformity, and he Which can't we be still who he is. Get, but you're right, but like you can tell that like. John was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, no, I gotta wrap this up as an American blockbuster film. Like, gotta make this like the quote-unquote happy ending. Um, yeah, it feels think, kind of inauthentic at the end, I guess. I think your interpretation of how John Woo interpreted this movie is not my interpretation of really? how John Woo interpreted. Okay. I think Dan's right in that he had too much freedom a little bit because yeah. it is plotted beyond reason. Again, we talked about the whole like, the entire like, maximum security prison. That whole segment could have been literally one interrogation scene. Except for plot blocking uh, Archer as as uh, as Caster in the in the prison, where like then Caster as Archer is going and like stealing all the glory and becoming more and more of this man. Like that's not used to any particular effect, but it yeah. still exists in the movie, and it just feels like that for me was I I, I fell asleep in a lot of movies, and I almost <laughs> fell asleep in this one because of that whole. It's almost like the middle third of this movie yeah. is like just consumed it's by like, this. It's also his most, maybe outside of Hard Boiled, his most idiosyncratic movie that we've seen. Uh, and like this is this is maybe a, a bit of a reach, but like like I think that like John Woo is like almost the Hideo Kojima of <laughs> movies in that like he's so idiosyncratic and so um, unrestrained to his own detriment. Oh, right? We're, yes. We're like, this movie is is so, it's way too John Woo, mm. right? It, it's just yeah. like, the, he needed somebody to be like, all right, like, John, we gotta, like, walk we this back. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta get this to spine. This is John all... Woo's blank check movie, and he's yeah. completely yeah. unfettered yeah. and going insane. Right. And, I mean, it's fascinating to watch because it's, it's not grounded in reality in any yeah. sense. It doesn't try to be. Yeah. Right. Well, there's nothing else like it. I will say for... Yeah. That like comparison is, to Hideo Kojima is really flooring <laughs> it's, right it's now. It's wild. It's, it's strong because, like... <laughs> like, it, 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 it's all the meat and none of the bones of, like, a movie-going experience, right? It's, like, the nonsense, it's the fun, it's the over-the-topness, and it's, like, it, it, it buckles under its own weight so many times. But that weight is Nicolas Cage being ridiculous yeah. and John Travolta being right. ridiculous around... Like ridiculous people, even the people who aren't these two like very disparate, yep. very contrasted characters, are ridiculous characters. Uh, John Travolta's uh, character's wife is every bit as melodramatic as any other character <laughs> yeah. in the movie. To like uh, to the point of caricature, the um, daughter is Joan well. Allen. Yeah, Joan Allen is Eve Archer. Exactly. Wife, yes. the, uh, like everybody on on uh, John Travolta's team is is uh, a care is is just over the top. Everybody Margaret Cho. Yeah, Margaret, Margaret Cho. Talk about Margaret Cho for a second. Yeah. Margaret Cho and like everybody in that in in the police station and in this special unit is is wild. Yeah, it's just a movie with like all of these things turned up to ten. So you don't know like there's no clear path to to really getting a handle on it. You're just bombarded the whole time. It, it feels kind of even slightly maybe ahead of its time, and that like I think of like the the prison sequence as something you'd see as like a 
like a middle act like scene in like a like a Fast and Furious or like a Marvel movie where it's like we need like a good like pre climax can't be the climax right but we need like a good action scene in the middle of this so like what's a set like piece a, you and like a mean? really overwrought set piece yes. where it's like there are, yes. there are too many details like like we said like that magnet floor movie where like the thing we're referencing is that the thing about the supermax prison that makes it impossible to escape is the second that the warden senses d- dissension he can press a button and it magnetizes the boots that everybody's yeah. forced to wear all the time and then they literally get stuck to the ground and they can't move here's a fucked up part about that because the it always shows them tasing people when they have the boots right. on and then they fall backwards mm-hmm. right what if they fall forward your chin just just yep. if you tase somebody and they fall forward this is bone coming straight out like how does that work yeah, yeah. it's fucked up but but all that is to say like like that's a that's a movie right like yeah. that's a whole ass movie that's that Chronicles Riddick yeah it's like literally it's like one act of this movie and then we're on to yeah. something else yeah we, we sorry go ahead oh I was just gonna say I think there is literally a movie where Sly and Arnie are escaping from like a maximum security is it prison Risoners or much later it's uh I can't remember what it's called but it, that's like a 2013 movie Jason's yeah. on it Jason's on it Prisoners talking, is the Denis Villeneuve oh gosh yeah no, that's a good movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm so pronouncing Danny Villeneuve uh, correct. That's very yeah, good. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, um, I'm a fan of capital C cinema. You know, <laughs> classic literature. <laughs> yeah, that's me. The classic. Escape plan. Escape, escape, escape plan. 2013. What is yeah. the Rotten Tomato on that bad boy? And I remember. Aren't there three the escape plans now? Uh, Just add oh, RTD. I'm pretty other. sure that they've done that's more frightening. and more and more. Well, I think because like the second one has Dave Bautista. You want to make a bet on this? No, we're just going That totally makes sense. Wait. Fifty? Uh-huh. I would what? watch a fifty. I would watch a fifty percent. Sounds alright. I feel like fifty is right where it's like, oh, that's intriguing now. I Are you saying it's kind of shitty? Kind of good. Kind of. Just play a way out. I mean, another thing about another th- we, we have played a way out. No, <laughs> another thing about me is like I love Nick Cage. I also love Arnold. I've seen almost every yeah. Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, but um, what I was going to say is that like I think in in the Killer episode we talked about how um, John Woo's like approach to things is like very clearly like. Like I've I've got my action figures. And like what am, what what am I gonna play tonight? And like never is that more apparent than here. Yeah. Right? Oh right. Um. There's also like so many great John Woo isms in this movie. Where like like every little character detail is so much a John Woo thing. Where like of course Sean Archer has this funny contentious relationship with his boss where everybody thinks he's got. Doesn't Margaret Cho say something about the stick up his ass at some point? Yeah. Yeah. He's a um, he's a you know. Kind but of it's bookish. exactly hard boiled. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in that. He's like he's like the head detective, and like he he orders everybody around, and and they have this relationship. Um, Caster Troy has two gold plated guns that are his signature that he carries <laughs> oh, around. Right. He has like Pez, is it that he loves? It's to, like to mint, pop? like yeah, like some sort of gum. Yeah. That, that no chiclets, chiclets, yeah. 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 chiclets. That come in this case that he opens up, and he loves the case, and he's got his guns in there. He, like they dive through the air and, yeah. and shoot guns uh, and do the the John Woo thing, but not um, that much though, right? Like the gunplay is toned down. Compared yeah. to, I think, most John Woo films, especially right. even thinking about, like, Hard Target, which right. does, especially at the end, have a ton of yeah, that classic This isn't John a gunplay Woo. movie. It's not, no, yeah. No, right. But it, it still it, feels I, I will, John Woo. I will say, it feels John Woo-ish because most of the gunplay happens in a church. <laughs> well, the right. Well, you're correct, right. yes. like, There's no better metaphor for this John, this movie's John Wooisms than, like, you know that John Woo is uh, a Christian um, and is obsessed with putting religious iconography in his movies. In, in this movie... They're in a church. There are doves flying through the church. Caster Troy walks in and he goes, "Isn't this religious?" And it's just like yeah. that's like <laughs> the mo- that's like the that's like the the tagline or like the um, you, um, epilogue for this entire movie. 
epigraph is what I was trying to think yeah. of, is that like this is all about putting the tiger on the table, right? Is that yeah. like all of the John Woo stuff that you knew about but didn't like know how to articulate necessarily or, or you mm-hmm. were articulating it, now he's articulating it. It's like, well, like this is what I'm about. <laughs> yeah. I tying no one I don't think anybody agreed with me on the like American influence on this film earlier, but I'm gonna go back to it a bit. This movie feels very much like John Woo kind of trying to make like a John Woo movie and just like this big like American blockbuster style of directing keeps like butting its way in where it's like you get the church scene with like people diving through the air, doves flying everywhere, bullets spraying. And then after that, it's like, oh, here's a boat chase. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel John Woo to me, although I like the boat chase a lot. Right. Um, but it feels like there's like, oh, that's not the climax. Like, here's this other additional. Right. It's like a, you think that it's climax, and then yeah. it keeps going for another oh 15 minutes, and you're that's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> for a very this long This is like time. a Return of the King movie, right? Yes. There, right. Are like, there are like 16 endings. There are yeah. like 16 climaxes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Can we talk about the boat chase? Because I legitimately thought the boat chase was very good, and as is. I was watching it, I kept thinking, it's got to be so hard to shoot a cool boat chase. Like, you're on the water, you're on a boat. What do you what do you do with that? That feels like I mean like, you could do the killer where you just like you cut to make it yes. look like you escape. <laughs> okay. But it, nothing actually happens. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was just very impressed by that boat chase. You got Nick Cage like hanging off the side of the fucking boat. I don't know. It's boat chases feel very boring because it's like I don't know. You're in water. There's there's nothing. Well, you got to think about framing. You got to think about like everything yeah. that's in the background. You got to make yeah. it look superhuman. Yes. You got to make it look ridiculous. And then you got to involve like the freighters that come and yes. squish each boat. <laughs> oh, yes. Right. Like super last crusade style. Yeah. Like it's. I thought it's it was a good well sequence. It's a good sequence. It's unfortunate that it follows. A pr- another pretty good sequence and precedes another pretty good sequence. It's I like, like pretty good sequence. It's just, <laughs> it's all there. Like, it, it w- this movie, I regret to say, was just too much for me. Really? Okay. Like, legitimately was just an overload, a sensory overload of just things. It's too much junk food, right? Like, I think yeah. that, that, like, if ever, uh, maybe unfortunately, but, like, if ever there was a movie that could be 90 minutes long, it's this movie. Um, this It's just so much. Like, it, it, you get sort of a... Like shell shocked, where like, um, it, well, I guess this this happened to me a lot in Hard Boiled, but like it kind of happened in this too, where like when you play a video game for too long and like too many people die in the video game and you just start to feel like kind of dazed by it, where, where it's just like, what is even like it's like saying the same word too many times and it's like the word starts losing meaning, yeah. like the the bodies falling start stops like it starts losing meaning. I'm describing being desensitized in real time. Uh, so maybe video games are bad for you. No, uh, never. But um, but like that's kind of how this movie feels, except for just like bombastic action mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Is that like by the fourth climax, you're sort of like like uh, punch drunk already. Yeah. yeah. Do, do, do we find value in that? Like I find it, I found it an enjoyable experience. I find value in it. I see like as a critical work, it is something to look at, right? Does anybody else feel that way? That same way of like I mean, I love dis- the movie, yeah. not dismissing it, but acknowledging yeah. that, like not trying to pretend it's something it isn't. I, I think this movie actually, I think I had kind of the opposite thing where like this is a longer movie than the killer. Yeah, uh, the killer this movie is one thirty nine, and the killer. Look that up, but it feels maybe a, maybe a little longer than the killer, maybe about the same length. It's definitely uh, longer than Hard Target. Um, this movie feels. It's so about as long. It's same. just a couple minutes yeah. long. The killer, the killer is, is also too longer. long, but that's yeah. Um, I, I the thing with the killer, which is maybe actually like a better movie, but I think I maybe prefer Face Off, is that fi- you know the thing with Face Off is because it is switching set pieces so much. Mm-hmm. I don't get the same kind of fatigue where there's 
35 minutes yeah. at the end of the killer where it is a very long drawn out church Insane. fight sequence yeah. where face off goes you got the church you got the boat you got this yes. melee well and also end. like and, and maybe this isn't totally fair to the killer yeah. uh, and it's recency bias but like face off has two fascinating fun characters to watch yeah, yeah. the killer kind the killer, of doesn't killer, the, he has one and, really great yeah, yeah. And, and the killer's pacing is also maybe worse which is a wild yeah. thing to say but like the yeah. fact that this movie sustains the weight of two characters instead of just sort of one relationship yeah. makes it easier to take in yeah. right where like mm-hmm. like there are so many subplots in this movie there's the Gina Gershon uh, subplot yeah. where Caster Troy has a son that he never took care of and uh, Sean Archer kind of forgot um, about that who lost a son uh, starts to bond with this kid and that kid comes back so spoilers for the ending uh, meanwhile there's Caster Troy uh, as Sean Archer like kind of teaching his daughter how to like respect herself and like being the cool dad that yeah. Sean Archer's distant dad could never be so they kind of make a meaningful difference in one another's yes. life uh, also there's some pretty gross creepy sexism stuff yeah. Where, yeah. Uh, well, I was going like, to say the Caster Troy uh, like disguised as Sean Archer interacting with Jamie, uh, John Travolta's kid, is, I mean, completely undercut by the fact that Nicolas Cage just wants to, like, you know, be, you know, get with her. Travolta, Uh, yeah, Travolta. Yeah, Travolta as Cage can't wait to to cuck his his rival, uh, (laughs) Sean Archer, which is played for laughs, and this is maybe cancelable on my part. It's pretty funny that, like, just, like, that Caster Troy being the worst human, like, the most dastardly, yeah. like, cartoon, literally Looney Tunes character evil person would, like, that would be what he would yeah. think. It's like, haha, I'm gonna fuck I'm this gonna guy. I'm gonna ruin this dude. It still sucks, yeah. right? Because yeah. he does it. Like, right. the, the movie actually lets him do that. Yeah. And, like, that's where it becomes a terrible, like, rape thing, yeah. which sucks. The and movie like, doesn't, it doesn't let it sit there, it, though? No, not it, at all. Like, it like, actually still, is explored with the arch like the both of them like actually have a conversation about it in a way that feels actually like a lot more nuanced than I think other films would handle even though it's not to the movie's tenuous credit tenuous credit there is is a moment where Joan Allen tells him or tells her husband her real husband that she realized that and that it was a traumatizing experience for Mm -hmm. her and she gets to process that trauma on screen and we get to see and understand that it was a fucked up thing that happened and so like that's that's the movie's way of letting you know like hey like we get it like that was a shitty thing and so like the fact that they at least allude to that is like something it like makes it it makes it sit a little bit better retroactively Um, especially because like of course Castro Troy is like literally the worst like hilarious mustache twirling at one point he he kills in the like his introductory sequence he shoots a uh, um, a flight attendant and then he does this amazing like shrug like this (laughs) it's so good yeah it's does he not like throw him out the side yes Yes. and he does it out the the window or out the door of the plane he goes (laughs) it'll be the gif that we use (laughs) okay thank you probably I'll find it but um, Uh, I think what we were touching on before that yeah uh, it speaks to like the, one of the biggest issues I have is like the characters in this movie aren't super strong like outside no. of obviously uh, Sean Archer and Caster Troy um, and it got to be like and this is just my sensibilities talking here for me it was too much of a good thing where like uh, you know we get to you know the second and third acts and you know there's a lot of revolting a shitload of caging uh, and this movie actually tricked me the first time around into thinking like the Joan Allen and Alessandro Nivola characters are great and they're doing like great work. Um, not to say that they were doing a shit job, but the second time around, it was just like, 
I'm really just gravitating towards these side characters mm-hmm. because, like, I'm breathing in different air when, like, John Travolta <laughs> and Nicolas Cage aren't on screen. It's like this weird drug that is relaxing. Oh, wow. This uh, Alessandro Nivola is calming me in this theater somehow. Um, so did that's you, really not the Did case. you not like Eve Archer? Uh, John Allen as Eve Archer? I, I did like her, but she was, like, I put her on a whole different level the first time. Sure. I was like, wow, she's, like, this is elite I, I shit. She's good. really good in it. Yeah, she's good Gina, in it. Gina Gershon is great. In it. She is. The, yeah, their she characters is. are not. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, the characters are very characters well, specifically, no. I think. But I... I I, I think that like, I think Eve Archer near the end is like given a lot of the weight is. of the plot. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think that in general, like that's that's a, that's very true. Yeah. It's kind of what I was saying before. And something about this movie that really works and that I really like is that like in a weird sort of backward way, it's a real like um, argument for acting and like what acting can sure. be and do, uh, and particularly like celebrity acting or acting as celebrity or celebrity as acting. Uh, it, because like on the page again, these characters are so utterly two dimensional. Mm-hmm. They're archetypes. They're caricatures. Yeah. There's the the put upon um, brooding detective and the crazy villain, and like that's it. That's all they are. So like these two characters, John Travolta and Nicolas Cage, give so much that it's absurd to talk about yeah. them in that terms because it's like that's not a detective. That's John Travolta <laughs> or Nicolas Cage. It's like right. that's not anybody except for Nicolas Cage. Right. It's not Nicolas Cage as a brooding detective. It's Nicolas Cage. As John Travolta, right? Like, again, they are the characters that were written for them, at least in my perception. And, like... Well, and then then you get to see them do their best impressions of one another. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, That it, like, they, you're not, I didn't feel like I was watching characters. I felt like I was watching the the actors. Yes. I, like, that... It's completely meta. It's it's, it's just spectacle, right? Like, at the best moments, I, I felt like I... I wasn't hearing a, a crazy villain character saying, I have to go to the little boy's pee-pee room, or whatever the line <laughs> yeah. is. Yeah. I was watching Nicolas Cage say those words, which, or John Travolta like, say those words. And, and in that way, this is a fascinating movie because it, it almost ages better, in that for these, these two actors are uniquely already perfectly positioned to be this movie because like when you watch a Nicolas Cage movie you are watching for the spectacle of Nicolas Cage mm-hmm. anyway yeah. so like there's that there's that meta reading of every one of Nicolas Cage's movies where you go in thinking like I can't wait to see Nicolas Cage in this movie yeah. that's in a weird way that's also true of John Travolta that's where, like, true John Travolta is all about like how ridiculous John Travolta right. is. We should we should give him a little bit of credit in this movie because while the selling point was Nicolas Cage being like yeah. just wilding out for me uh, or like seeing his quote unquote range as like a more brooding character, more subdued. John Travolta actually did a a lot better job of like acting as this character, as as the as the Troy character than I thought he would. Yeah, like definitely. he does wild out in a lot of really like flamboyant ways that I don't think I've seen him do in other like there's there's the Grease character and there's the yeah. uh, fucking uh, Christine character, not Christine. Yeah. Um, he's in uh, Carrie. Carrie. Carrie, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. he's the, the Carrie character where he's like really over the door. He's really wild where he's really yeah. evil or whatever. Uh, but he does bring like he brings that. He, if nothing else, he brings that. Just like he has like an incredible shit-eating grin, right? Yeah. Where like like he does the thing where like Casper Troy is just having so much fun being. Sean I'm just Archer. thinking of the moment when uh, he's defusing the bomb that like again Castro Troy in John Travolta's body, uh, the Castro Troy himself set. And he just, like, whips off his jacket in the most smoking jacket-type way and, like, does a little spin and tells the bomb crew to get out of there. And then, like, he, like, he, like, plays that it's not working. And he's like, oh, what? And lets it get down to two seconds before he turns it off. Such good, like you said, it's 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 full of John Woo isms. It's full of like things that you know John Woo had in mind for these characters. And then he thought of like how he could make them play off each other. Yeah. Any any movie that has Nick Cage doing like a drug trip sequence 
Great. Great drug. <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm in 2020, I am so bored of drug trip. Like, he's having a dream sequence. But, like, that one, oh, real good. That's a real good I mean, Nick any, Cage drug any trip time that Nick Cage gets to do a drug trip. It's great. Oh, they did you bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking of Mandy? Mandy. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> this kind of connecting to what Cody said earlier, I think this movie does have a problem that a lot of like like duo movies and, and media has where like the two characters are so interesting that like the side characters kind of even if they're even if they're fucking doing amazing, right? They still kind of lack a little bit in comparison to what these two characters are doing. I, I like True Detective kind of has the same thing where like there's a bunch of great side characters yeah, but like the focus is these two characters and their relationship and at a certain point the side characters feel like they are always in service of those two characters mm-hmm. which is like it's like a, what, it's a good thing for those two characters that's a, that's and a maybe really the movie good, as a whole. That's but, a really really good yeah. comparison because in particular right. like in Face Off it's also it's not just that these two characters are, are fun to watch it's that they're big like like yep. Rust Cole is such a big fucking character yep. in season in True Detective season one mm-hmm. that the whole show is kind of swallowed by him. Yeah. Where it's like mm-hmm. in comparison to like this character, like all of the other characters are going to feel sort of um, bland, right? Yeah, right. That's definitely despite the fact that they're not no, bland at right. all. They're super fucking weird. Yeah. They're just not as weird as right. This movie character. really like it. Tri- it's a triumph because of the lead performances, but it also yeah. fails because of them. Because yeah. <laughs> everything else without them on screen falls apart. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I, thinking about it and think, listening to what you guys are talking about, this there's no reason that this movie should be getting talked about today, like 20 years after it came out, because. This is the kind of movie, like the plot that you that we described, is the kind of plot that you would find in a movie that you get out of like a bargain bin in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. It it it's like, despite saying that it was too much for me, I would put it like in the top in the upper tier of like trash personally. But I would still like put. Well, it's it not in, trash, man. I would. Come on. I, like I, I don't. Say, I, I don't enjoy- disagree with that. I, every criticism about this movie, I agree with, but. It's it's indulgent. It's it's overindulgent it's in itself, yeah. Yeah. and well, it's like junk food. Exactly. Yeah. The thing about uh, Hard Target and The Killer, or not? Yeah, The Killer. The two other John Woo movies that I've ever seen in my life, all as part of the Trilons run of them, is that I could enjoy them on uh, more than one level. Right. Hard I could Target. Enjoy them on, on, a, on a yeah. Hard Target. I think I can enjoy that okay. on, on a pretty. I mean, sincere, it, there's sincere a sliding level. scale, right? Right. Yeah. Hard, and hard Target is, is an extremely over the top movie, but it still has stuff you can latch onto. Right. Where it, like it has like that, those those chunks, those like uh, meaty chunks that like that like give it structure. Give it talking about meat meaty meat chunks. That get that give it some like bite, some edge. Like in this, it all edge, and therefore yeah. it becomes all just. I mean, it's just, all silly. Right. Yeah, yeah, it right. becomes all silly. I can enjoy it comedically. Like there were many moments that had me laughing out loud at it's this a very movie. Very funny movie. But I didn't. I didn't feel the same thing about yeah. about this movie as I felt with his his other movies. And that might just be a product of time. I think this is the most recent of his movies that I've seen. If I'm not mistaken, I think Hard right. Target was like '89 or something. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, this was '97. Thought it was '94. And this. Yeah. Oops, sorry. This was already. This was also like when John Woo was very much a known commodity, mm-hmm. and he was very known for what this movie is. Uh, and so, like, there's a sense in which, like, he had sort of, if not self-actualized, then self-sort of mutated right. into, and that's, like, yeah. being... That's like Dan was saying about, yeah. like, his, his blank check moment, right? right? Like, this was, he could be the most right. John Woo ass that he could be. And right? I think this, his, his next thing after this was, like, Mission Impossible 2. Mission like, Impossible he, 2, Like, he'd right? completed the transition that, to, like... Is that called a bad movie? Do people think that's a bad one? I, I think, think everyone... 
resoundingly says it's a bad movie and it's the worst of the Mission Impossibles. Oof. I now really want to revisit um, it. Though. Yeah, <laughs> well, I've never yeah. seen. It. it is kind of undeniably the worst of okay. them, but it is I just still, remember yeah. it was the first movie that I ever saw that I got to see special features on because I had the VHS of it. <laughs> And I let it just keep running through the trail, through the uh, the credits, and then it just went into like some special really? features. And I was like, "What is this? Yeah. What is this? What is this weird Easter egg that I've just discovered?" <laughs> you didn't have the mission, uh, the Men in Black uh, VHS, where it played the Will Smith song right after uh, the movie, because that was a real good fucking legit. I did have that. Uh, I'm not remembering this. <laughs> real good. Um, um, Dan, as a fellow We Hate Movies listener, uh, do you think this movie works as a hangover movie? Because, <sighs> like, I think so because yeah. it has so mean? many mean? long stretches of like dull moments almost, yeah. and it it's perfect for if you sh- throw it up on TBS, it's going to extend over three hours. It's right. going to get you yeah. through that yeah. afternoon. Right, yeah. exactly. The the late morning, like early afternoon, when you're you know crashing on your couch, and you just need something yeah. on in the background. You just kind of need something to get you through yeah. that grind, it, it does where o- you're just feeling okay. miserable. It right. Was, it was my mom's like movie that she wanted to fall, try to fall asleep to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It occupies a lot of time. Right. It's the moments where it's like exceptionally loud, uh, and maybe if it you gets, open your eyes and you see yeah. like Cage or Travolta riffing in like a way that is annoying in your state than like maybe not so much like I think, I think the I beginning is so over the top and bombastic mm-hmm. like yeah. that's gonna be rough for you but then it just quiets down yeah, into like this okay. very low hum yeah um I guess my upshot of this movie I, I, I've sort of exhausted what I think I really had to say about it is again like I can enjoy most of John Woo's movies on two levels I can really like sink my teeth into something thematic it's just it felt like a disappointment because the setup of Face Off is like it's parallel to the killer, and that it's like how do your roles impact your life, impact your personality? How do you like social and professional expectations of who you are and what you do? How do those play off of each other? And it like separates that into two different characters who are like diametrically opposed, right? And then swapping that is should have been a perfect like, on, the, on the page on the pages there's a lot of mileage for an actual like interesting existential drama exactly and it like gets <laughs> right. halfway there by like making each character half of themselves when they're in each other's bodies kind of things and it and they it, learn it get, new things about it themselves it gets a little bit interesting and then like we have magnet boots and we have I, all this nonsense bullshit that just is like yeah that's funny I mean yeah that's funny I, that's pretty funny too and then it ends I kind of push back is the is the like you know Hard Target specifically is like the social, criti- economic critique in that movie s- substantial compared to what's going on in this movie. I don't. I think. I, don't, what, I think. I don't when know, paired, man. I like, think when paired, I think Hard Target's I, that movie. To me. I think when paired either as the entree or the amuse bouche to the thing <laughs> that the movie ends up <laughs> being. Shit, like whoa. if we're calling Hard Target another one of these like yeah. really raunchy, weird, like fun, bombastic yeah. movies, then I think we can call the like more social critique aspects of it yeah. sort of like. Added bonus. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that, and, and I feel sort mm-hmm. of like an authorial intent in those because it's like, why would you ever go into as much of that movie goes into uh, about union dues if you didn't want to say something oh, about yeah. unions, right. right? Or about like how homeless people are preyed upon, or mm-hmm. you know how the system treats any person, uh, any marginalized person, regardless of race, ethnicity, or like lifestyle. If you didn't want that to be part of the movie. Uh, yeah. I don't feel, I feel like any of that was accidental. I feel like a lot of what I got 
from Face Off that 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 that, get, that becomes a little bit more substantial was almost accidental. Yeah, was almost was completely secondary. Maybe. Well, I and I think that it started in that same way. It started with that kernel where like. John Woo wanted to explore what is good and evil, and when you when you mm-hmm. switch those and like you change the appearance of it, what gets lost in that transition? Mm-hmm. It started there, and I can't remember which of you um, made the point, uh, Jason and Harry. I, I you can't. We're no one can see. Our face yeah, but like <laughs> you made the point of like it feels like a kid playing with action figures, yeah. and it's it's like it's being recreated. It's like a kid found this script. And he was like, I'm going to put this together. And he only uh-huh. hits on, like, the points that are fun to recreate. And it exactly, loses yeah. those, like, in-between mm-hmm. moments. Okay, yeah. So I, I, think, I'm, I think I'm with... Uh, I'm, I'm, I understand where Jason's coming from. I think I'm between you and Aaron's opinions on okay. it. Um, I think that, that Dan makes a really good point. That, but, like, also, I think that, that John Woo and, like, Wooism, like, I'm going to call it Wooism, but basically it's movies directed by John Woo and John Woo's particular sensibilities, his idiosyncrasies. It's like, it's, like a, uh, it's like a mold that you, that you push stories into to shape the stories differently. <laughs> it's like a sieve and you just squeeze out yeah. the remaining Yes, views. exactly. <laughs> uh, and I think that there are some stories that benefit from Wooism, and yeah. there are some that are a less comfortable fit. Mm. I would characterize this as a less comfortable fit, right? Yeah. Because like, what it is, is it is always what Dan just described it as very well, which is like you start... There's, there's a movie, there's a, a story, there's a framework that exists on the page, and then it's completely, uh, like, detonated mm-hmm. by yeah. Wu-ism. It's like what you end up with is so far from what it could have been or maybe arguably what it should have been. Like, the killer is like that even, right? Yeah. Like, the killer is John Wu's version of the, the cop and the killer fall in love. Right. This movie is John Wu's version of the ch- the criminal and the cop. The cop and the killer become each other. Become each other. And, like... Like the the themes and the style and the ideology that should exist mm-hmm. in a story like that, it ends up being something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes it ends up in a place that's more interesting, arguably, and mm-hmm. sometimes it just ends up in an incoherent. <laughs> can you can you, you like, point, can you point to one of those more interesting times for in this movie? Because like it, if if those did exist, if those were like things that I could latch onto, I must have missed them. Like or maybe it was just too loud or visually like noisy for me to really really build on that anywhere. Yeah. It is loud and visually noisy. I don't know. I look. I'm the I'm the dude that has six out of eight Fast and Furious movies ranked at four stars and above on Letterbox. Like when when we say like yeah. this movie is too much dessert, <laughs> I can eat a lot of fucking dessert. I can I can plow through some dessert. You know what I mean? Um, I gotta say that I think the part of it may have been snitching on myself here to John Moret, but I did not see this movie in the trial and seeing oh. seeing John I know seeing John Get the movies fuck out. in the theater. That's obviously the optimal experience, but like. I gotta say, there's something, uh, so I suckered our friend Kyle into watching this movie, and I just, like, went over to his place, and I just, like, drank a few beers while watching this movie Sounds with Kyle, great. and I, there's a part of me that's like, just you and a bud just, just fucking drinking some beers and watching this movie, this pretty optimal way to watch Face Off. Like, it's okay. kind of a good, just like, dude, you just see that? Where, like, you can't do that in a movie theater, in a way, where it's like, every single thing that happens, it's like, wait, what the fuck is that? It is, you know? it is weird to think, like, I watched this thing... In the same place as I watched Funeral Parade of Roses, <laughs> like what? What are my expectations of the movie that I'm watching? Yeah. Like I guess yeah. because I liked Hard Target and The Killers so much, I guess I had expectations. Yeah. Did you I, see I Hard Boiled as well? No, yeah. I have not yet. Oh, uh, Cody and I, Harry and I. Okay. Yeah. I I I went and saw that one as well, and 
That one, like, I'm trying to put together where all of these yeah. fell on his yeah. timeline. Yeah. I think Hard Boiled was before this. Well okay. before, I believe. And I, I think, because I think that was 92, and I feel like that's where he starts to go over yeah. on his arc of, like, peak. It, like, it's, it's 90s. Which, he, it's like how yeah, every 70s band got into the 80s and turned really shitty. It's right. like John Woo entered the uh, 90s and like, I'm doing Yeah, like, that was shit. one where he was like, what yeah. if the cop and the criminal are the same person? Yes. And... I mean, it, I was fascinated by it because yeah. I had never seen it, and like the hour-long climax yeah. in the hospital is absolutely baffling mm-hmm. every single moment. Uh, but it was we're like we're gonna maybe Whoa. record on hard boiled. Yeah, we should pivot right yeah. now. Uh, they bring me in on that. Sure, but it's, it's but it's <laughs> good to like contextualize a little. But bit, right? yes, right. it's it's fascinating to watch his career evolve, right? Mm-hmm. And that is a turning point. <laughs> Particularly the the hospital sequence is a turning point yeah. uh, for him. I think right. Yeah. He has a bunch of good hospital. He has he yeah. has one in hospitals here. Hospitals are big. Good. The killer yep. has a very good hospital sequence as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something. Oh. Uh, one of the more interesting things about this movie is that, uh, and this is a definite John Wooism, is that I think there are emotional beats in this movie that particularly you can tell they're supposed to make you feel a certain way. They're supposed to be a certain way, and they completely miss for me. Yeah, and become something so much more weird and fucked up. Yeah, and like I genuinely find the ending of this movie in particular kind of like. Wildly, the ending up. is deeply troubling. Yeah, even though it is, Remind con- us it how is it the ends. conventional. Yes, it's the conventional quotes. ending, yeah. and it's supposed to make you feel happy. And but good. it's filtered through like a John Woo style, and you're like, oh no, and, no, and no, like no, the no. idea. So, to, do you want to spoil it, or should I spoil it? Let's, I, I, let's, let's, let's recap the end. Then, yeah, yeah. Tell us how so, this movie ends. I mean, the it ends in like almost a storybook ending where Caster Troy is killed, and John Travolta reappears as Sean Archer with his face back. Yep. And he goes home, and his family is happy and thrilled to see him. They're all so relieved. Everyone is okay. They're not traumatized in <laughs> any way from what just happened. And then the the little boy that we were introduced to earlier, uh, Caster Troy's child, who Gina Gershon, the mother, dies. And <laughs> when does she die? Dies protecting she him. dies protecting Eve Archer. Isn't that it? Yep. Also, and Nick Cage as Sean Archer, like, very clearly, like, views... This kid that he just met as his as his son, son that was murdered. Calls his, he calls his child Michael when he first sees it, yep. yes. which is the name of his dead child. And then he swings the door open wider, and there is this child, very heavily implicating that he is he is going to fix the hole in his heart that was left right. there by his son's death by filling it with this other child. And they're like it's heavily with the child that the man that he killed. Yes, yes. Right? it's it's like it's heavily implied that he's just going to treat this child. Like that dead child, yeah, and just pick up right there. This is Adam. He's the same age. He needs a place to live. He looks the same. He might be played by the same actor. Very close. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's a. You got the little bob cut. Yeah, it's the same yeah. thing. Also, he didn't talk to his wife. Hey, I'm gonna adopt a no, kid. No, he at just all. appears. Wild. Literally, he he receives confirmation visually, where he like he like gives her a look, and she just sort of like yeah, she <laughs> fucking nods at him, and it's like yep, this kid is our kid now. Is, he can sleep in our dead kid's bed. I'm he's kissing. The same. I'm stealing oh. Caster Troy's son, my deceased criminal rival who killed my son. I'm taking his boy as my own. Now the the circle is complete. Like that which was taken this from me horrible. has been restored. This is it's horrifying. This is took my family. I am taking his family. This is a Homerian epic. Two characters. Right. It's, it's, really it's, it's the Odyssey. Classical literature. Capital C. Capital L. Five stars. Hundred percent agree. <laughs> All of this aside, um, we haven't really addressed the the elephant in the room. Uh, the thing that has not really, yeah, no, figurative elephant. Wow. Um, yeah. 
Uh, I'm so fit up here. Uh, this movie does not uh, age well in the fact that this family would not survive our coronavirus-filled world with all of their fucking face-touching. <laughs> They're they constantly do. touching faces. It's horrifying. Yeah. Uh, and it's like a lot of face water. Acknowledging the face is on. It's one of those things that, that Harry off. was saying, like, it's a moment that should have emotional impact because it's, like, it's very clo- cloaked in meaning and everything and, like, different characters do it to different characters for different reasons. But every time it happens, it's, like, it's just infrequently enough. Right. And it's, like, it's just a very simple, like, swipe of the face. Yeah. It's, it summarizes too many feelings, though, because there's that moment where uh, Sean Archer is trying to tell Eve that he has to go on one more mission and to, like, soothe her, he just, like touches her face and she's like no 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 we've got to talk about this yeah. dude <laughs> it's like something an alien species would do to right. communicate yeah. emotions it's just so funny too that Trek. like of course like it's so convenient that that's just like his weird family's tradition <laughs> is that they touch each other's faces <laughs> well, and it's, like it's only his yeah, yeah. it's only his yeah. everyone else seems to react to it in a, as uncomfortably as the audience <laughs> That's a good point. But but that's the sort of thing that like I actually kind of love about John Woo movies is that like like dude, do you think this works? He committed like, to it, right? Yeah, and it, it, it's just like that that was such a that was such an emotional tonal departure where it was sort of like uh, we argued about this at the time, but it's like the hidden like you remember the hidden ending where it's a fine film. Be, it's supposed to be sort of like a like an uplifting ending yes. and I was just like wait the a minute, this doesn't work at, really at all. Bizarre. It's so creepy to me and like uh, this this struck a similar note yeah. to me where it was just like oh like the emotion you want me to have right now is not what I'm having in a way that is like both kind of like disbalancing but also like hilarious um, unintentionally yeah you uh, talked earlier sorry no, no gonna, you talked earlier about comparing John Woo to uh, Metal Gear Hideo Solid Kojima. director Hideo Kojima okay think about it hospital sequences feature prominently <laughs> in a lot of John Woo's shit. films. Face swapping. Face swapping. Did he just steal face off for the beginning of Metal Gear Solid Solid 5? Did he just take face off and other John Woo movies? I mean, that's what Kojima does for all of his shit anyway, right? But, like, is that totally what that is? Spoiler alert for Metal Gear Solid uh, V. If V has come to. (laughs) If. If Hideo Kojima ever gets to make a movie, like he says that he wants Kojima Productions to be able to do, apparently that's one thing that he said after De- Death Stranding release. I hope was he like, never makes. We want to make movies. Never. If he gets to, no. how many times will the first review mention John Woo? It's oh, going to be like yeah. 100%. littered throughout, right? Because this is are we sure that influence. Kojima and John Woo have not? Just now see, that's what I thought you were actually... going to say right there, and <laughs> then you pivoted into a direction where I was like, "Oh no, I was with him up until the very end." Yeah. I thought you were going to say that because John Woo's been kind of quiet lately. Where is he gone? <laughs> John Woo would never make something so bad. And yeah, Kojima can't just uh, fucking so. shut up. Uh, are we, is it time for? Um, Cody's noties. Oh, Cody's noties. Yeah, yeah, Cody, what do you got down here? What's up with the noties? Is that a notebook? Is that a notebook? Picked these noties fresh from the garden. A couple weeks ago when we saw this movie, Healing Bed. Now they're rotting and filled with flies. Yes, I better get these get these out here fast. The only thing I have this time around, I'm a little rusty because it's been a while since we recorded. It it was comment, uh, commented on briefly uh, towards the beginning how uh, this movie had, there are a lot of Batman parallels. Um, <laughs> I noticed this the first time I watched and I, it, like it drove me uh, drove me mad uh, in a cool fun way. Um, mad as I had to. Would it have driven you batty? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh I shall oh, become oh, what oh, I fear oh, most. Oh, I shall oh, become oh. Nicholas Cage. Well, the, in the in one of the first uh, like in one of the first times that these two dudes share a frame. Caster Troy says something to Sean Archer along the lines of like, 
so what will happen if you put me away? Like your entire life is based around me. I like I've consumed you and your life. Like, aren't you afraid of that? They like, have, like what meaning Joker does your Batman life have? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, the Joker Batman parallels. Um, uh, Pollux Troy at one point wears like a lime green suit, uh, <laughs> which is like looks very good. good. Yeah. Uh, this super prison is essentially Arkham. Uh, <laughs> like. Unironically. Yeah. Um, also, um, is it Alessandro Nivola? Yeah. Be a great Riddler. I would love to watch yeah. him as the Riddler. He'd be great. Oh my God. Um, shout out to Alessandro Nivola, who I've seen on screen many times for his role in Jurassic Park 3. Why have you seen the movie Jurassic Park 3 uh, I wa- so many times? I watched it a lot when I was younger. Uh, okay. So I have a like a rose-tinted glasses uh, effect. Oh, Yale. shit, he went to Phillips Exeter in Yale? Yeah. Motherfucker. If you think about a caster, caster Troy, someone with little regard for uh, social norms, someone who maybe views society as an ill, he seems like kind of a twisted He's figure. a twisted a really individual. sick individual. Yeah. No disturbing. Boundaries. Disturbing. He, he, he yeah. laughs a lot. Kind it's of a, like the Joker, it, yes. He, he, it's almost as... Oh, yes. well, you ruined it. Uh, <laughs> You're going to keep it's going. It's as if he says it, he sees his crimes as some sort of... Joke. Uh, <laughs> just quoting a funny tweet now. Come on. All right. Please proceed with your noties. Oh, You're stealing actual oh. funny jokes. That's yes. been Cody's noties. Yeah, it, that's not a that's not a bad pitch for this movie, right? It's like, hey, what if like like '80s Batman like swapped faces with '80s Joker? You would get a movie Bruh. not unlike this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there a whole arc of Batman that's like that? Yeah. I Isn't think there is. Yeah, where the Batman becomes so basically the Joker, and the Joker basically. Uh, yeah, it's like an alternate universe one where yeah. like something bad happens to him, and he gets yeah. It's yeah. well, I know there's there's one that I re- I read recently, um, Batman White Knight, where. The Joker gets cured of his madness. Where he but... finds tweets attacking a woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's offended in the replies. Uh, did it give you... Does it give you face-off vibes in retrospect? No. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we we look for paths and we turn down the ones that... Uh, yeah. That, that might lead I saw the opportunity to yes and and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, Period. The only person <laughs> who does improv here, no but it does. Oh, there's not even a no but. It's just no. Yeah. no. Anyway... Um, <laughs> we should we should point out um, this movie's weirdly star-studded. Uh, John Carroll Lynch is in it. Margaret Cho, Thomas Jane, Thomas Jane Pounder. Yeah, dude. CCH Pounder is in it. You know the Pound Man is in it. Danny Masterson is that the guy from that seventy show? Excuse me. Danny Danny Masterson from Danny Masterson. You know the clickable. The guy from what? How's he in this Carl. movie? Oh yeah, classic. Oh, we Carl all remember the Carl. Nick Cassavetes. Actually, yeah, I might remember his face in this movie. He like, yeah, he's the boyfriend. Yeah, he's he's he's, he's the boyfriend. He's Archer pulls out of the car. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Dominique Great Swain scene. as um, Sam Rockwell's wife in Moon. I think. Uh, shout out to a movie we didn't record on, but I went and saw it trial on. Wow, Shout out to Moon, come on the pod. Uh, mostly, okay. I think. Uh, anyway, this is a gentleman's five, I think. We can all agree. I, <laughs> I, don't I think look I, at my letterbox. Yeah, I, yeah, you guys all read <laughs> yeah, it. Well, yeah, I, I, don't res- I don't respect uh, your It gets a like, here. it gets a like. Yeah. Uh, I think I might need my words on that because I think I rated it four and I you think gave I rated it, I think a four and a half. A four and a half? Okay, good. Because yeah. I, I thought I had rated it lower than The Killer and Hard Target and I think I like it more than The Killer, maybe oh, as much if not more than Hard Target. Yeah, Hard it's, Target is hard to This beat. movie is so my shit though. Like this this movie is is a very Aaron Grossman movie I think. But yeah, I Well, 
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Do we have recommendations? We're not doing them. Uh, well, I didn't think about it. Oh, I have a great I was going to shout out a Jay Z song that referenced uh, this movie. Please. Oh, uh, that's a great song. <laughs> yeah, Jay Z, uh, one of Jay Z's best, song, uh, best songs, Threat. Uh, he says, like castor oil, I'll castor troy you. Change your face or the bullets change all that for you. Oh, that's uh, great. Very that's good. <laughs> Bars. No, no, not mask off. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, that's a different thing, but yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, listen to the Black Album by Jay-Z. It has nothing else to do with this movie, but it's a good album. Yeah. So. Anybody else think about uh, media that this reminded them of? I didn't really. Yeah, this this gave me... The whole time that I've... And I've been thinking about this movie for other reasons. I don't know why, <laughs> honestly. But if you, if you want to see another movie where Joan Allen is tormented by a maniac and inadvertently gets close to one, uh, and there's a cat and mouse between a, a hero FBI agent and a killer... Check out Manhunter by Michael Mann. Yo, great movie. I gotta watch that. I can't stop. I've been thinking about it so much lately. We should cover some Michael Mann here. Michael Mann. The tryline should play some Michael Mann. Like I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say Heat, and then I was like, but wait, there's a better Michael Mann. Heat is a good. Heat is definitely a good one that's close as well. Heat's very close, but this is Manhunter. I think is far more in the wheelhouse. And then when I realized, oh, Joan Allen's in that. And yeah. she inadvertently falls in love with the serial killer. Whoa! <laughs> hey, we've all been there. We've all fallen yeah. in love with Who among us? Do we do Heat as a as a recommendation for another movie? I'm trying to remember. Probably I thought I did, but yeah. Um, I'll, I'll name uh, great Nicolas Cage performances: um, Con Air, The Rock. Um, this, those two, and Face Off are the three like classic nineties. Those are the three uh, classic like action. action movies. I love right. Moonstruck's one of my all time favorite movies. Cody already brought that yeah. up. Definitely yeah. watch Moonstruck. Easy. A very different movie from this. Yes. A great out of the cage performance. Um, what would you knows. say is like your favorite Cage, Harry? This is right the fuck up there. Uh, Bad Lieutenant's real, real, yeah. a real Cage. Bad Lieutenant's um, so crazy. There's a really wild movie. Um, I can't remember the name of it now, but it's Elijah Wood and Nicolas Cage. Oh, The Trust. The Trust. That's I've a, that's seen a wild almost movie. every Nicolas Cage movie, and Excellent. I can name almost all of them. It's, I'm a, <laughs> it's weird. Uh, we've re- we've recorded on Valley Girl. Uh, I adore oh, Valley yeah. Girl. Oh uh, yeah. So great, check that one out. Great early Cage, like. Great early Cage. cage. Prime. Um, uh, Lord of War. That's uh, a famous movie of his. Yes, it is. Um, I'm just naming Nicolas Cage movies. It's kind of rude of us to do that and not do Travolta performances as well. No, it's not. The guy's Travolta. No, Travolta's got. Some... I've been thinking about oh, a movie yeah. of his recently called Perfect, where he's in there with um, Jamie Lee Curtis, and okay. it's all about aerobics, and it's wild. <laughs> he plays like a Rolling Stone reporter, and he's like he's getting into the world of aerobics, and it's so baffling. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's great, actually. I remember seeing a 30-second clip of presumably that movie on Twitter where it's just like him and Jamie yes, Lee Curtis where, doing like aerobic flirting. Yeah, and it, it just oh, shows yes. them like okay, thrusting yes. their hips. Freaking. That went viral oh, yeah. for like yes. fucking shit. Wild. I've seen this movie. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Blowout. I like a great Nick Cage Blowout performance. Is Blowout is er, great. You're John Travolta. John Travolta, you mean? John Travolta, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, actually, a very Nick Cage performance though in that movie. Pretty twisted. Pretty sick. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, that's all I get. I don't know. Uh, I would be remiss not to mention Raising Arizona, which we've also yeah. Yeah. Raising Arizona is probably my favorite Nicolas Cage movie. I, I guess. Right yeah. up there with Adaptation. Yeah. It's like the two switch from Adaptation, my favorite one. Uh, he won Best Lead Actor, I believe. For uh, that, was no, for that was Leaving Las, Las Vegas. Vegas. Was it really? Yeah. Leaving Wait, Las Vegas. He, what did Adaptation win? Uh, it won Best Supporting Actor Chris Cooper, I believe. Right, okay. I think did so. Did it win something wow. else, too? You people know so much about movies. Well, when you're a big loser like me, you can just bop around IMDb uh, for hey. literally days. Get shorty. John Travolta, get shorty. Uh, he's great in Pulp Fiction, I guess. Yeah, he is. 
revival. I mean, I liked him in um, what was that? The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Oh, I did oh. not see that. that series. Is baffling, and every performance is so mm-hmm. out there. That, but that's a wild. Travolta is. Wait, that's the one with the Cuba Cuba Gooding Jr. Is that as American OJ Crime Simpson. Story? American Crime Story. People, I yeah. think colon yes. the people version. And uh, David Schwimmer. That was a yeah. weird. That yeah, was David Schwimmer is like. Uh, like uh, that was like it. Like relaunched a bunch of careers. Yeah, <laughs> like, it really yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr. and uh, John Travolta a little bit, and it's like super Cuba, David Schwimmer. Yes. Yeah. Cuba Gooding Jr. had some problems. What was the biggest thing yeah. David Schwimmer did since Friends? It was definitely Madagascar, right? Yeah, probably Madagascar. Easily three. Yeah. Well, I think that's uh, yeah, that, 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 no David, David Schwimmer's. Uh, uh, I have one more question. One okay. more thing right, to consider. Okay. Uh, if we recast and remade Face Off today, uh, who would be the two roles? Nick Cage, John Travolta. Cast them again. <laughs> uh, what I would do, that was maybe going to be my answer. I would love to, I would absolutely pay to see this movie where John Travolta plays Caster Troy and Nicolas Cage plays. Oh, my God. God. Like, the roles. And, like, obviously, like, there would still be How a lot of overlap good. there. But, yeah. like, I would love God, to see that show. That's going to be incredible. Idea. Uh, there is a remake supposedly planned. Who's in it? I know who uh, it's it's no. in the they, pre-production. Names yeah. keep getting bandied about in a way that it doesn't mean anything. I don't know who I, I don't know because like the who would you John Travolta is great, but like the Nick Cage I think is really the core to yes. this movie. Adam I don't Driver. Know who would. Adam Driver no. would be great. <laughs> it's a little bit too prestigious. The, yeah, he'd, yeah. Uh, and prestigious. then what? Timothy Chalamet. 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 Uh, I got it. Third time's a charm. Uh, Ian <laughs> McKellen and uh, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Old man, at least half serious. Yeah, The Rock and it's, it's terrible. That Jason Statham, oh, <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw is basically how would they, how would they literally <laughs> even face? How would they body? Literally, Shaw how would they body swap? It would have to be like a Jumanji, like, like comedian. No, they, like, yes. they, they just like put a hose at him and like, inflate his body. <laughs> yeah, and they just suck out the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know how you. I don't know who you cast. Which, which is, up. which is that's a fascinating yeah. question, right? Because yeah. it goes to show how indispensable both of these performances are, yeah. and what a weird charisma both of these people mm-hmm. have. Yeah. Yeah. That they're able to do something this weird and meta. Which yeah. again, like you said, uh, Jason, like so much of the fun of this movie is just the meta fun, mm-hmm. where it's just like, what, what am I? What is this? What am I watching? Who yeah. am I watching? Why? Yeah. yeah, it's it's it's. I I rag on it. Good movie. You should watch it if you have any interest in what we've been talking about. It's it's, it's deeply goofy. enjoyable. It it's so enjoyable. Like yeah. it it is like junk food incarnate as I, a movie. I don't get a whole lot of opportunities to laugh at, at movies at the Trilon because they like. I mean, a lot of their programming is a lot. Yeah, a lot of there's like it's people that know how to make jokes until nineteen like seventy nine. Right, any older film, nothing, nothing's been funny since then. It was just people hitting other people on the head with large sausages. Just like that was the humor. Making fun of women was pretty much the only. Yeah, pretty thing much it. Uh, or physical humor, yeah. or like somebody getting hit with the door when they it shouldn't was, have gotten hit with the door. Jacques Tati, or basically misogyny. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes both. Sometimes both. Uh, okay, I think that's been our episode on uh, Face Off. Thank you very much for listening. Um, again, you can follow us on Twitter at Trial of Podcast. You can follow the Trial and Cinema at Trial and Cinema. Uh, thank you very much again, Dan, for joining us for another Thanks, episode. Woo woo! Dan, what do you got to pitch? You got stuff to pitch, right? Plug? Yeah, to plug. Yeah, right? absolutely. Pitch is the wrong word. Uh, yeah, plug. You can you can listen to my movie podcast if you if you're so inclined. If you're listening to this and you made it to this far, <laughs> I imagine you are. Uh, everything we learned, uh, movie appreciation podcast. I think the last episode that I released was No Country for Old Men, and then I just recorded the other day, and it'll probably come out close to this one on RoboCop. Nice. nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Similar movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. It is, yeah. 
Uh, okay, I am Jason. You can find me on Twitter at Nintendoofus. I'm Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at RBPlease. I'm Cody. You can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore BH. I'm Harry. You can find me at Shitaki Harry. And I'm Dan, and you can find me at a Dapper Dan Man. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Can someone tell me what planet I'm on?